What is going on guys? Welcome to another episode, episode 37, that is right, 37 weeks straight and strong. And as always guys, this is your host, the Guru Noel, coming to you again with another episode of Guru Mondays. And as always, if you're a new listener, then you already know. I got nothing but open arms with a nice full warmth of love and positivity and all that good jazz. And if you are a continuing listener, then I love you. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, I'm grateful and all that. But that's neither here or there because I love you all. And again, we are back with another tremendous and great topic. And as always, it's always tremendous and great. But what makes this tremendous and great? Well, guys, I want to switch it up. And yes, I want to switch it up. Um, I got some feedback and a lot of you guys, you know, I mentioned this early in the and uh, like not last week's episode, but the previous one before that where um you guys wanted to hear more personal experiences more um more uh of my life of what you know uh made me who I am today and um I get it and I said you know I I feel like this is the perfect time to talk about this and the, and why my mindset is the way it is um so again guys you know I'm going to say, like I always said it, um, I'm not for everybody. You know, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's one person, two people, 30 people, 3,000, 30,000 people. You're still going to get the same energy, the same effort put into each and every discussion that we have. And um, and with that, you know, I constantly try to learn and constantly try to grow to help reach more and more people of different wavelengths. Um, but I know it's not going to click for everybody. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, uh, you know, everybody has their opinions. I value everybody's opinions. That's why you don't see me um, really. Uh, I'm not the one to argue about people's opinions because it, it doesn't make sense to me to argue about somebody to argue with somebody who believes what they believe to be right. So, you know, I get that everybody has an opinion and, um, you know, so like I like I said, you know, it's not what I say may not click for you, but um, this is just my experiences. This is my ideals. This is what I believe. You know, if it clicks for you, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'm completely aware there's other people that might work for you better. And that's awesome, because at the end of the day, all I want to see is for all for you all to prosper. Um, so, again, guys, before we deep you know, dive deep into, you know, my own life, um, you know, again, these are just my ideals and how I, uh, developed them. Um, but yeah, so, you know, my, my ideals, my, 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 my theories, uh, have been this for a few years. Um, they, they have been that I, I'm a firm believer that we have three layers to the brain. And it's kind of in correlation to how, um, you know, I I, I want to say, I believe the study or something uh, says that we humans only use 13 or 30 percent of their brain or a quarter of their brain. And we haven't unlocked the the rest of the three quarters. And, you know, my belief is always, well, what if we do? And what I, my theory was is that 
maybe the the core of the brain is only the surface level. Then we have, and what I what I what I did was the three categories. I, I categorized people in them. Um, people that you may know, you may know someone like this. Uh, you know, the first layer is people of surface level, uh, superficial. Uh, that's very. Uh, just going with emotions, not really asking any questions. Uh, she's, this is the the only outcome that it can be, and this is just the way life is. Uh, I know, you know, a few people like this, and um, you know, I'm I'm sure you guys know a few people like that as well. The second layer is people uh, that I categorize as they are still going through the motions. That you know, they kind of question things. Um, but they, they don't really put any effort into changing their outcome, changing the perspective, uh, changing the game for them in their own life. Um, now, the third layer to where I categorize people and categorize myself is the very rare people that have done the research, done, you know, questioned things and and really are mentally strong to where they believe they control the outcome of their life every single day. Um now, what I think it's very rare and why I think it's very rare is because it's no fault to anybody that doesn't think like that. Um, what I have an understanding of is that, you know, since birth, we've been institutionalized. Um, we've been, you know, programmed to say this is what needs to happen in your life in order for you to be deemed successful in what is perceived in society's ways. Um, so, I mean, you know, even with the going to school and whatnot and listen to your parents and, you know, listen to what they want you to do. And I, and I'm, I'm not knocking any parents because I get it. I understand that, you know, they have the experience that, you know, they gone through life and, you know, they kind of know what they're talking about. And, you know, they, they want to make sure you, you have a bait, you have a ground and you have a, some sort of base to stand on. So you're not left in life, you know, lost and wondering and at least know what to do, um, you know, because at the end of the day, they only, you know, I don't want to say they have your best interest, but they have what they think is your best interest. And that's completely fine. Um, you know, as we get older, as you get to the teenage years, we discover, you know, maybe, you know, you want to do this. And, you know, that's fine. We start learning more and more about ourselves. Uh, but the rare people, they understand early on and then they start taking assertive action towards that. That's what I'm that's what I'm here to uh, express. And I'm going to express on how I and my experience helped me and change that as well. Um, so uh, a lot of it is not people's fault. You know, I always say and I still believe everybody has the potential to 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 create their mind to do that and be that powerful. It's only they may not live long enough or they might just um you know they they don't have the proper mentorship. They might not have that person in there to help them see that uh light at the end of the tunnel. And that's completely fine. It's a reason why we have billionaires and we have average day workers. This has nothing to do with knocking if you like your everyday job or whatever. But when we see the people that are just yeah, I hate, my, I hate my job. Every life sucks, and you know those the superficial, the ones that I'm talking about, that first layer that are just yeah, my job sucks, whatever. But this is life. Welcome to the real world, guy. You know stuff like that. Um, the when you understand there's a deeper and a deepness of, of more truth to everything, even the basic thing is it's not just face value. Even when we look at human beings as as themselves, right? And uh, we see 
you know, whether you're attracted to uh, uh, that that pretty boy or that pretty girl, and you know, you're attracted by face value, but then you always want to have Oh, well, I want to get to know him more. I want to get to know her more. If we can establish that same interest, intriguing interest in our life, we will win. And that's all it is. It's it's understanding there's more than what's on the surface. And a lot of times we get blinded into the fact that things are just as they seem and as they are. But, you know, when you compare it to a relationship and understand that, hey, explain how you feel about your wife. And that person says, well, she's amazing. Uh, she's beautiful. Uh, she's very kind, caring. Well, you know, that that's more than her being just good looking. Correct. Yes. So if we apply that in life and practice the same exercises again, because, you know, physical form is very easy because you know, if, we're, if we're comparing it to relationships, you know, we date, we date, we date. It's a constant repetition until we find that right match. But we've exercised kind of in the physical form for that to know what we want, to know uh, what we like, what we're attracted to, to know what we're going to end up being in love with. Uh, so what on the other side of that third layer is understanding the main, men, mental capability of that same process. Uh, so, so guys, uh, a lot of shock value. Um, but you know, again, I'm here to tell you my experiences and that and how I developed the way I did. Um, so again, you know, you have me just growing up in the town all through my life. I'm 22 years old. Um, you know, um, I was born, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day. I'm very lucky. And this is where it plays on. I'm very lucky because, um, a lot of you guys, you know, may not know, but um, I'm adopted. All right. I'm adopted and I'm lucky that I didn't have to go through the whole orphanage and whatnot and go through homes and 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 uh, different homes that have to have to uh, experience that trauma as a young kid. Um, I was adopted uh, straight out the hospital. I was born in Brooklyn, stayed for four days uh, and I was adopted uh, by my family now. Uh, so this is all I've known since, you know, since birth, um, you know, um, now, now understanding now, you know, I understand it's, it's for the better. Um, you know, the story behind that is, uh, you know, I, I have no, I have no history with, uh, my, 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 my biological father. Um, you know, he was out of the picture like that, um, my my biological mother uh suffered from addiction uh she she was involved with other drugs i know the main one was heroin um and it just turns out that she was great friends with uh my my adopted parents and you know when when you're addicted to drugs or something like that it's it's easy to be selfish um because the need is 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 greater than than what what's would be perceived as more important in your life um you know understanding that now and and uh you know looking back on it you know uh the the story that i have you know as to why things went the way it did was um you know for my adopted parents to tell me the story that uh uh she had gotten um she had gotten high uh in her apartment and uh while she was pregnant with me and uh she you know she passed out whatever she was cooking and she uh she set fire to the apartment um on accident and um it was at that moment she realized uh that you know she was putting me in a lot of danger and that if she was 
willing to, you know, put herself in danger and, you know, she was going to kill herself, you know, she wasn't going to bring me down with her. Uh, so she thought it was best that, you know, I'd be taken care of in better hands. Um, and it was, you know, and I lucked out, Um, you know, I, you know, my, my mom was, uh, her nationality was Puerto Rican. My, my dad was Venezuelan. I got adopted into uh, 100% Puerto Rican family. So, you know, culturally, it wasn't that much of a shock. You know, I, I was raised around the same values and whatnot. Um, you know, but, you know, out of the hospital, you know, I was detoxed as, as a kid, as an infant. Um, from, you know, the drugs that, you know, the remnants of the drugs that were, were in my system from, you know, being in the womb while she was using, being uh, still pregnant with, with me uh, inside. Uh, so, so um, you know, with that, you know, I've been here, you know, and in, 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 in the beautiful island of Long Island. And, um, and we start to see the experiences come later on. Um, now my parents now, you know, there's a very big, you know, they're older. Um, there's a big generation and social gap and that, that kind of hindered me a little bit, uh, when it came to, you know, common, you know, family things of what you would teach your own kid. Um, I don't knock them for it at all. Understanding now that, you know, it's a, it's a big gap and it's hard to relate to, you know, the current time sometimes. So I mean, you know, my my parents loved me. They 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 put me in sports, and it was it was the first time I was able to you know find you know get something of discipline and determination. Those those good traits, and I was able to learn you know and find out different sports, work on teamwork and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it was a big it was a learning curve because you know I, I didn't have the proper tools to uh to be taught by them um you know um i look at is you know i i played football throughout my life um from pb all the way up to varsity football and and you know and and one of the biggest things i remember is you know getting ready for my first pb practice and they said you know bring a cup to you know practice and um and uh you know i remember being in the kitchen and and I was stuffing a plastic cup in my pants. And my mom walked in. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, they said bring a cup. And so um, so we laughed about it and whatnot. But, you know, like, that's how that's how clueless I was. You know, I had nobody to teach. My dad, you know, he was a very hard worker. He came from Puerto Rico at the age of 16, went into the Army here, served um, during the Vietnam era. And um, and uh, went to college, put himself through college, got good grades, wanted to become an English teacher, went and started subbing around uh, my local school district. And then my older sister was born and, you know, the finances just couldn't keep up to, you know, what was expected to meet those needs of a child. And he had to, you know, result into just working at the VA, which he's done a tremendous job. He retired, um, you know, and is now relaxing and great and everything is fine. Um, but you know, with him being a hard worker and really, you know, having to teach himself how to speak English and things like that, there's a big gap in, you know, the, in what was important and, you know, teaching football, you know, not really, you know, or him learning about it wasn't, you know, on the top of the list. So, I mean, 
you know, you know, when it came to, you know, regular things like throwing the football, teaching me plays or something like that, that just wasn't a thing. It was thin air and I had to learn to myself, um, you know, I had to play Madden. You know, that was when I had the GameCube, the Nintendo 64. And, you know, we're you now I was like, OK, this guy goes in the end zone at six points. If they if they kick after that, that's one point. But if they kick before they get in the end zone, that's three. And then the safety and all the stuff, I had to learn that on my own. Um, but, you know, understanding now as being older, you understand, oh, th- these things had to happen because had it not, you know, I've, I might have not been the way I am now. And, you know, obviously, every, I believe everything worked out for the better. Um, so, so that's just one little barrier. I mean, you know, so we're going through that and um, I start learning the game. You know, I have I have one of my my first mentors, uh, Bill first mentor uh bill one of my friends uh dad was head coach awesome dude uh instilled you know work ethic hard work you know discipline that you know if you talk and you mess up you know you have to do laps and that's when i started to learn okay um you know got in the routine of respect and stuff like that you know it was very good for me um and over over the years of my pv career i, be, I became very good you know I, and all the touchdowns i scored and things like that um and now thinking back, I realize why I have such a tremendous work ethic. And some would perceive it as to be negative as to why. But I understand now. And, you know, I remember, you know, being so good and being great in every game. Um, and, you know, every every son wants to see gratification, wants to seek approval of their father. And I remember my dad would always say, you know, no matter how good I played, you know, usually you expect, oh, you played great, son excellent you know excellent job you did amazing i would always get well well you could have blocked better you could have did this better it was never you know gratification and and you know coming from a child and again i didn't always start out like this in in the third layer in the deepness of the truth i was superficial you know so and especially that being that young and impressionable you know it 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 affects you to a certain point to now wait a minute i suck i'm doing something wrong but but I just scored all this, all these, all, all this. Everybody's cheering and and wait a minute, the one person I don't want to prove from, they're getting approval from. It, it doesn't matter about how many people are clapping for me if I don't get approved from that. And so then I then I say I just need to do more and more and more and more and more, and then you get that re- repetition of being not being good enough. Does it work for a positive? Yes, but does it have a negative aspect to it? Of course. But um, I don't knock my dad for being like that because, again, it's a big social gap coming from how he grew up. And, you know, now you have to understand, you know, understanding, OK, maybe, you know, the way he was brought up was around the same the way I was, but maybe even worse. And his dad was pretty harsh on him and probably he was seeking that approval. And he thought it was never, never good enough. So what he feels is appropriate to treat his own child is probably, you know, is what he feels as to be right. Thinking back on it now. But as a young kid, all you want is daddy's approval. And now you don't have that. So what do you love to do but feel hopeless and just keep working and never feel good enough regardless of how many people cheer your name and regardless of how many accomplishments you get? It'll be never enough. So over the time, you know, you know, that happens. And now it's, it transitions into different things like that uh, through school and, and other things, you know. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, so another, you know, another experience that, that popped out to me, you know, was even finding out that I was adopted. I didn't find out, you know, right away. Um, I found out when I was 13 and, you know, here you are thinking, you know, Hey, like, Oh, these are my parents. You know, I love them. And, you know, and all of a sudden they, they hit you with this news because, you know, one of your friends say, Hey, like, why do you look different than them? And then you say, Oh, mom and dad, like, why, why do I look different than you guys? And you have to be hit with the truth at such a young age. And you're like, you know, even though, you know, now thinking about it, you're like, Oh, you know, maybe they were trying to protect you. Cause like I said, in the beginning, your parents, you know, I'm not going to say they, 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 they know what's best for you, but they may think they know what's best for you. Uh, you know, they were trying to protect you and whatnot. And, um, they felt, you know, maybe you just weren't ready to hear it, but now you hear it at 13 and you feel like you lied to your friends. You feel like, you know, they've lied to you and that's all you can do. So even though, you know, they love, they love you and you know, they care for you, you know, they do anything for you. You can't help but have some doubt and say, what else are you lying about? And I'm, and I'm speaking from the 13 year old me as, as a superficial, not thinking deep yet or anything like that. And you have to go through the school like that, the school year and things like that, and constantly question yourself and say, what am I doing? And so, uh, so that happens. And so, uh, with that, um, you know, another thing, you know, I remember, you know, being in middle school, I remember being 13, I started knowing, I started developing these habits and they were, they were very weird, very, very weird for me. And this is kind of the first step of how I began to start thinking more deep into things. Start opening up my mind. And I remember, you know, and don't forget about them telling me about Santa Claus wasn't real at that time. Oh, my God. Then I really couldn't trust him. But anyway, so. um, So, yeah, so, you know, I started noticing I started going by numbers three, five, seven. You know, they were my lucky numbers, but they're numbers that I needed in my life. You know, I remember. Um, you know, before I would go to bed, I'd have to, you know, run to my door, turn it, you know, right three times, turn it left three times. And if it didn't add up to seven or something like that, you know, I'd get really frustrated and, you know, like a little kid, you know, you start beating yourself in the head, like, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, brushing my teeth, I have to brush my teeth on each side a certain amount of times. Um, you know, if I'd walk home from school, I'd have to step on a certain amount of cracks on the sidewalk or I'd have to repeat or step a certain amount of, uh, step on a certain amount of leaves, uh, you know, during the fall season, um, you know, things like that. And then, you know, I honestly, it comes back to not being good enough again. But then I was like, you know, this is very weird. What, you know, what, I don't understand. And then you go to start research. So I started researching and I found this thing called obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. And, um, you know, I started to relate and say, maybe I have this, but I don't really know. Maybe I do. So, you know, I remember bringing it up to my mom. And again, I don't knock my mom for this, but you have to think, um, again, a big generation gap, a big age gap, um, big social barrier. So you think and you're like, um, what's going on? And your mom says, well, no, you don't have that. No, no it's fine. You kind of brush it off. But now you're thinking, well, wait a minute. Now I feel, now I feel lost and I feel alone, like. Why, why is this happening to me? And so, and so, uh, so you're going through that, but now understanding, you have to understand, okay, the big age group, 
you know, my, my mom's coming from a time where there, there was no belief in medicine. It was just your mom made something, you know, like, hey, you're sick. Mom, mom makes a fam- famous soup, makes this famous, uh, the famous, um, you know, tea and, and everything's going to be better. You know, there is no there is no research on this to say, oh, yeah, you have this disorder. Yeah, this is very serious. We, we, we might need to get this checked out. No. So understanding that now you, you can give the benefit of the doubt and say, OK, yeah, I understand why it wasn't really taken seriously. But again, from a superficial level, you start you, you don't see it that way. You see it as, well, I don't I don't belong and I, I just don't I, just, I don't know what else to do. So that's another that's another big experience that stood out to me. And, you know, and after that, you know, it's very, you know, typical, typical school age kid stuff, you know, hanging around with friends, things like that. And um, and uh, but again, you know, I I didn't really have that that good mentorship to really steer me in that right direction. And and it wasn't, you know, a lot of it came from being part of this football program. Now, this football program is very tradition rich and a lot of principles um and um and I, I feel to this day even indebted to him because um it taught me a lot and I realized it just wasn't a game now now going into it you know in high school and things like that you know you realize you know even with relationships I've become emotionally involved I started to depend on people for for my own happiness and you know, now it's easy to look back and say, wait, wait a minute. Well, you never had that self-gratification with, with your dad and stuff like that. So you always felt like you needed to do more and stuff like that. You always searching for that gratification. So you start searching for other people. Yeah, it's easy to say that now. But as a kid, you just, oh, my God, like, I, I love you. I love you. I say I love you to anybody. You know, you look at me the right way. Oh, my God, it's my new girlfriend. Oh, my God. Right. And then, you know, you don't see it as something being deeper. But then when those relationships end, it really crushes you. And it's the same thing, wanting to be wanting to do right, wanting to be be approved, wanting to be liked by everybody. And you, you go to sports and you find this tra- tradition rich program and you're fully involved and you follow everything by the book to the T. Oh, they, they want me in bed by nine, I gotta be in bed by nine. That and you know, your friends are like, Oh, come on man. Like, you know, just just relax. And you're like, No, like I, I you know, you need that approval. You need you need to do right. And yeah, it worked out for the positive because you know you want to be in that leadership role. I got that. Um, you want that starting position. I got that. Um, but uh, now you understand the reasons why you were programmed that way. The same way people were programmed to be institutionalized, as you know, go to school, do this, and whatnot. From the beginning, I was programmed to work, 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 work. Nothing's good enough. You need to keep going, keep growing. You know. Now, how do you perceive that to be negative or positive is based on you. But um, regardless of that, so this program, you know, became about I want that ring. I want the championship and whatnot. But the first mentorships of my coaches, you know, my, my, my friend's coach, you know, took over as a peewee and he was the head coach and then he was the head coach on a varsity team. And then, you know, he instilled that that first set of discipline, those first set of respect and all that stuff, that hard work and all the other rest of the coaching staff. And, um, you know, I always say, had it not been for them, had it not been for the hours that I put in into there, um, you know, it 
it almost scares me where I'd be putting the hours in during the summer or anywhere else if I wasn't going to practice. Because again, you know, wanting to be liked by everybody, you know, and I was. And, but, you know, being a regular teenager, doing the, doing teenage stuff, experimenting with things, and, you know, not knowing that you had dependency issues because your your mom was an addict and she had dependency issues, and that was a trait that, that followed you. Um, you know, almost ga- going down to what would be perceived as a wrong path. I always didn't delve way too deep into it because I knew, oh, wait, I can't be doing that. This season's gonna start. Oh, I gotta go to practice. I can't. And that gave me a reason to not go stray too far away from what I wanted. Not to stray far away from the values that that, that program has taught me. That's why I feel forever indebted to them. Because had it not been for that, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know who I'd be. And so, you know, um, these are the first steps of tuning into the mind, tuning into your mental state, exercising your right to understand, okay, it's this is bigger than me. Because now it didn't become just, oh, we just want to win. We just want to, we just want to win a championship. At least for me, it, it became bigger as I wanted to win, not for me, but just also for, for my coaches, you know, that, that put the effort in me, believed in me, put the trust in me, taught me and everything like that. My teammates, you know, very selfless. And, um, and that, you know, for what it what it stood for, that we are able to overcome adversity and, you know, and win. And um and uh and so, you know, when uh when you, you don't think superficially and your and your reasons become bigger and your why becomes bigger, it's very well, it's much harder to quit. And uh and and you know, those things work out for the better. And so, you know, Now, going back to the relationships, you know, um, it's, it's, it's the same way. Like, I remember, you know, being, uh, I remember being so infatuated with everything that I'm involved in, but, you know, it became unhealthy because it was for the wrong reasons. That football program was the first reason that, that, um, that was something much bigger and way more positive into the greater outcome no matter what and um and we and, and towards senior year we didn't even win the championship but it still was something so great that I was like I learned so much that I, I won already I got the ring because I became a better young man for that through that process through that experience and um you know, and during that same experience, you know, that same time in high school being a freshman, I discovered, you know, one of my other mentors and that was through bodybuilding, you know, looking, you know, as I'm looking for, you know, motivation for football, you know, you find the Ray Lewis's, you find the Brian Dawkins and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I came over, you know, these videos, these big muscular guys and, you know, they were different, you know, like me, but. You know they were they were glorified. They were they were champions, but they understood they still needed to work hard, no matter if they were world champions or not. They still needed to work hard because they knew somebody was working harder than them. It was okay. It was okay to have that mentality because you needed it to be successful, and that's where I fit in. You know, and um, 
and obviously I couldn't get too involved in that because I was so involved in football through high school and I was, you know, it was very hard for me to, you know, bounce school and, you know, try to go to the gym, but then also do the aerobic, you know, exercises that I needed for that particular sport, um, you know, to, to be efficient in that particular sport, you know, with the calisthenics and things like that. But, you know, I said, you know, maybe this is something I want to try out. Um... And that's why I found my, my 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 real first mentor, Kai Green, that was outside of any person that I've met physically. And um, Kai Green, you know, he was different than a lot of bodybuilders. For him, you know, for me, I was just like, oh, you know, I found that he was, you know, he was more in tune with his mind. And um, for me, I was like, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. Like, you just go to the gym, you know, you just lift the weights, pick it up, you know, put it down, whatever. And... Um, you know, for him, it was deeper than that. He understood, you know, that there was a difference of of connection that he needed to realize how he was going to position his his uh, his body uh, to target that that muscle that he was working on to to improve. And so for him, it was a mind muscle connection um, that he needed to have every single rep. And it became deeper than just pushing weight around. He had to have that connection and belief that he, what he was working towards, the little things, were for a greater outcome. And then I started to dive deep into, okay, this is different. He's understanding that there's, there's something powerful in the mind that you can't grow if you're not believing. You can't grow if you're, you're not having that connection within yourself. And it's true because... You know, I, t- I took supplements all through high school. You know, I worked out, whatever. But, you know, you get stronger, but, you know, no muscle gains or anything like that. And and looking back on it, you know, everything wasn't wasn't cohesive and it wasn't consistent and it wasn't it wasn't internal for me. It was just, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, you know, going through the motions, whatever. But it wasn't calculated. And um, by, you know, listening to the documentaries of him, you know, I've seen his famous uh, treadmill confessions and the mind is everything to things like that. I understood. He understands that if he takes control of his mind to put effort into the specific thing that he's working on, he controls the outcome. And what I got from it, if he can do that there in just bodybuilding, he understood he can do that in life, but his life revolved around bodybuilding. I understood if I did that and had a mind-muscle connection, I could also train my mind to have a mind-body and mind-life connection and apply that same mental thought process into my own uh, physical action to anything I wanted to do in life. And that made me believe, and his quotes of being, you know, having limitless possibilities to believe that I can do anything. As long as I was willing to put in the work and put in the mental preparation for it. So I didn't stop there. I I became infatuated with that. And I said, wait, well, this is my mentor. Okay. I seen him reading, you know, I seen him reading books like, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill, you know, I, I quoted him as my quote from my, my, my senior uh, yearbook. And one of his famous quotes was, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. And it was at that moment it clicked for me that, yes, mind and life connection. If I can have that, I can have anything I want. And as I was going through that, 
with the mind and life connection. Um, I said, okay, my mentor is looking up to other mentors. I want to research them because they obviously have something even bigger than what he has that I can use as well. So I started reading Napoleon Hills. And then through then, you started looking at different motivation. You know, you again, you find the motivation for football, stuff like that. You you find different, um, different you know, things like motivational speakers. You find the Eric Thomas's. You find the Les Browns. You find the Tony Robbins. And you're like, these guys have that same mentality, the same thought process, but established and directed assertively towards what they want through life. You know, because they weren't bodybuilders. They were, you know, this, this, and that. And it worked for them because they believed and they understood the power that they had, that they possessed in their mind. And um, I fell in love. I fell in love right then and there. And I just started to keep digging and digging to see how powerful and how much potential I truly had within my own self. And so, you know, yes, football ended or whatever and you know it, it crushed me because you know again um you're you're emotionally i was an emotionally involved kid so i mean you know it kind of like screwed me in a way that i was like you know when we lost i was like oh shit like what am i doing and then you start to race like what am i gonna do now like i don't know what to do now this is all i ever known but because i started that exercising my mental state i said okay i already said i was gonna do this bodybuilding thing i can put that same process into that but it was no easy road. Please don't don't get this confused. It was no easy road. There was doubts. I doubted myself on because all I seen was these big muscle guys. I was like, I could never be that big. There's no way. I, I wouldn't even be able to compete. And so, you know, I kept holding off, kept holding off, you know. But I started eating, I started doing that, I started seeing, you know, you know, improvements and you know, but I was always, you know, hesitant on you know, doing the show because I was like, there's no way, man, I'm gonna get blown out. And, you know, I went, you know, to supplement store and things like that, you know, while people were like, yo, it has to do with eating, you know, it's not just about supplements, you know, and now I understood it. But, but, uh, you know, then as a kid, superficial, I'm like, nah, you just take this, you're good. Um, but I remember, you know, you know, a guy that worked at the supplement store, you know, who was, you became my friend, you know, we were talking, he was in the magazines, he was, um, he competed. And I said, you know, you know, maybe I want to do this. And he's like, yeah, you should. You know, so and I was like, ah, nah, I don't, I don't know if I can. And you know, he said something that really stuck out to me. And what he said was, you know, look, look, man, just, just go on the website, pick a date, and you can't turn back from that. And I was like, ah, yeah, but then, you know, you're right. But you know, then after about a week, you know, I said, all right, I'm gonna pick a date. I picked the date, and I was like, okay, March 14th, I'm doing this. Did it. I'm like. Man, there's no turning back because you know why now you go back to the always seeking gratification, not wanting to disappoint, you know, just like you're seeking the approval of your dad, not wanting to disappoint anybody. Now you said that you have to do it now. So there's no point in return. So I had to do it. So 32 weeks I went prepping for the show and whatnot. And then I got confident. I was like, oh, there's no way. You know, I'm 19. There's no way there's no other teenager doing this. There's no way. Come to find out eight weeks before the show, I get it. I get a uh, text from my, from one of my friends sending me a picture of what my opponent looks like. And I was like, oh, shit. I said, we got more work to do. We have more work to do. This is not enough. We have to do more. But 
think about it now, you would you would think from the outside perspective, you should have been doing the more work long before that. Because you should have known there's somebody willing to work harder than you. Got confident, got cocky. It's too late. Yeah, you got eight weeks, but it's too late. Ended up taking second. Ended up taking second. Now for them, you got to think everything rushing in your mind. You want to prove you want disappointment. You would be like, oh my God, man, I sucked all this time. And I suck. I got second place. But I already started training my mind and it is nowhere near to where I am now. But I started training enough to realize, wait a minute, this is not a loss. This is not a failure. This is something that I just plopped into. I had no experience in and I took second and barely and didn't even put max effort in. So now it became, I'm not a failure. I now realize, wait a second, what could I have done if I put max effort from the jump, from the start? I probably could have got first. And now my mind started racing like, wow, you really don't know how powerful you are. From 85% max effort, you took second. Show them what 100% is. Now, again, you know, at this time, I wanted to be Mr. Olympia. I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder and whatnot. My, my, my passions weren't there anymore. You know, I tried on and off, but it just wasn't the same. I didn't, you know, I liked working out. I found my passion for that. But my passion, you know, working hard and working out in the gym and whatnot. But, you know, being you know, the top bodybuilder just wasn't it for me anymore. And I found it. But it took me having to have the experience to find that out. And even though it wasn't for me, I still learned something from it. It wasn't a loss. So I took that. And I was like, okay, I know, I know the mentality I need to attack other things. You know, so going on, you know, I, I, you know, um, and that's another thing. People feel like, oh, I have to do this one thing for the rest of my life. You know, I can't just be like, oh, I'm not interested anymore. No, that's not the case. You know, you think very superficial. You can be like, yeah, this is the way life is. That's how you get that superficial mentality. This is the way life is. This is the way it is. It's not. I'm here to express that. So we're going through, the, you know, we're going through now. You know, I, I go to college, you know, and, and it, you know, I, I gone to college and I was going and then I found out I was going to college for the wrong reasons. I was going to college for other people. You know, my sister gave me advice. You know, she's very successful. She's a PA. She's the, she's the walking definition of doing things right as far as the old school way was, as far as going to school, going to college, getting a degree, getting a job that pertains to your degree and whatnot. So, you know, she had to know what she was saying, right? She advised me to do something medical. She's a PA. She advised me to do something in the medical field, like an x-ray tech, because medical jobs are always going to be needed, correct? Yes. So... I went for that. You know, I took the anatomy physics. I'm like, hey, I'm a bodybuilder. You know, I know about the brachialis major, pectoralis major, you know, the vastus medialis. Hey, let's do it. Soleus muscle. Hey, I'm ready. Right. Then we started getting to the little, little bones, the metacarpals and things like that, the phalanges and, and uh, the little cells broken down. And I was like, well, I can't do this. And, you know, I took the class three times. I probably, I dropped twice. I failed once. I'm like, now you think, oh man, I suck. I'm a failure. Oh my God. But then she said something that sparked light into me. And it was without her even knowing. Because here she is and the pinnacle of success. And I'm looking at her, admiring her like, wow, she hasn't made. And she begins to tell me in a casual conversation about school that she was never, you know, into the whole, you know, philosophy. She actually had to drop the class because she explained, you know, it wasn't her passion. It wasn't something that she was she she liked and she knew she wasn't going to get the grade that she wanted. So why was she going to waste time doing that? And, and, and at that point, I looked at myself and I said, 
then why am I going to do this? Yes, I'm, I, I like the body, but I, I have no interest in the body besides, you know, the muscles and anything after that, you know? Why am I doing this just to get a stable job that I probably won't even like? And then I realized, I got time to figure out what I want to do because now I realize I never wanted to have a job. I Well, I never wanted to, to, I always want to obtain a degree. To this day, I want to obtain a degree, but I never wanted to um, obtain a degree because I needed to. I always wanted to go to college. Well, I realized I wanted to go to college because I liked learning. Once I got to college, you know, the high school teachers were like, oh, this is going to be way different. It's not going to fly in college. I went to college. I actually took classes that I wanted to learn, and I did very well because it's what I was passionate about, learning. And I was like, okay, I got time to think about what I really want to do. And then from then, you know, I realized from 18 to, you know, now, I I was good at consoling people. I was good at advising people. People were coming to me with uh, their issues and problems and, and, you know, calling out for help. And I was able to help them, you know, to the best of my ability. And it, it was working. And I realized, okay, I have something here. Why not hone on all my communication skills to help me better to, to, to reach more people and help more people? So I started taking communication classes and I and it clicked. I felt comfortable while other people were, you know, shaking in their boots and being nervous. I, I felt comfortable there. Right. And I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. You know, my, my best career, my, my ultimate goal in, in, in career wise life is to become a police officer. But what's better than having great communication skills? That's the best thing you need to deescalate a situation. So I was like, yeah, this is the route I want to go. And now, you know, now I'm going to a different university now. So. You know, I'm still pursuing um, and also in the criminal justice field. So, um, you know, so we start chasing that. And then, you know, as as things go and as things go on, um, I realized uh, even more. And and again, I want to I want to bring this up. Don't for one second think I I. you know, I didn't have any doubts. You know, I wasn't this mentally strong from the jump. This came from a lot of experience, a lot of overcoming that you have to believe in yourself. And let me tell you, let me tell you this. And back to relationships, depending on people's happiness, you know, it was the first time, like, I really felt really, really love, you know, when I was in, you know, out of high school, you know, during senior year and out of high school, you know, I really felt hard uh, for this one female. And, it ended and and it destroyed me because I thought it would never end. And that's how I was. I was so emotionally involved in things. I thought it would never end. That's the same thing that when I lost, you know, when we lost senior year and and we didn't get a ring, I was like, what is going on in life? Oh my God, I'm lost. Same thing happened here. You know, how would you feel? You know, this person that you, you care about, you admire, that you value their opinion to be like, you know, I feel like we're just two different people. Um, You... You know, I feel like I have, I know what I'm going through. I know what I want to do in life. I feel like you're just bouncing around. You don't really know what you want. You'd be lying if you say, oh yeah, that doesn't bother me. It's going to affect you. You're going to be like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I am all over the place. And you know, you go through your months of depression and things like that. And you know, it starts to, it starts to eat at you. It starts to eat at you. You feel like you want to change. And let me tell you, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not really religious about the church and things like that. But faith, faith is part of the third layer for me because faith, 
um, is the deepness of what religion is. So, you know, whatever it is, if you believe in God or, you know, whatever higher power, it clicked for me because one day, and I felt it was like magic one day, it was like God spoke to me and was like, dude, do you know who you are? Look yourself in the mirror. We are on a mission. It doesn't matter if nobody believes in you. I believe in you. I believe in what we have to do. I chose you. That's right. God chosen to do this duty because I know you're the only one who can. So we're going to do it. And, you know, and that's how I felt. I felt like a Noah's Ark, like, like, okay, Noah saved all the animals. Everybody laughed at him. And, you know, they're like, oh, what are you doing? There ain't no storm coming. The storm came, wiped everybody out. Look, they all look stupid. They all died, you know, and then. And then he's out here saving animals, you know, and, and, you know, whatever. It helped save, save the world and, and create this beautiful place where the animals could roam and whatnot. But he believed and trusted the process of what God had planned for him. Because God chose him to do that. And I swear, it was just something that happened that day. And I was like, yeah, who, who's anybody to tell me that I'm wrong? I know this is what I have to do. And I knew from then what I had to do was help people. And now it changed. It changed from seeking happiness with other people. I still saw happiness from other people. I didn't fiend for it now. It wasn't for the wrong reasons. It wasn't because, oh, um, I, you know, it wasn't because like, hey, this, this, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm emotionally disabled, you know, I'm emotionally like, you know, unstable and, and, you know, I need, I'm yearning for that, for somebody to give me the love that I never got, you know, from my biological mom or what I thought I didn't have or something like that. Um, it, it became, I love what I do and I love seeing the gratification in you to realize how special you are and that I was able to make you feel that you're that special and that made me happy. But if I'm not the one to do it, I hope you get it from someone else. That's what it became. And that's what it became to me opening up the business line of nutrition, the fitness brand company to help people train. And again, you deal through trials, trials and tribulations. I, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of like me faking it. You know, like I want to be these top guys, these top coaches until I realized I'm just me. I don't know everything. I'll research to the best of my ability, but maybe I'm not meant to be the top tier. Maybe I'm just meant to, hey, help you with your minimal goals. And I'll refer you to someone who can do do something better for you after that, you know, but at the end of the day, I just want to see you succeed. And that's my business, how my business started growing. It wasn't about the clientele anymore. It was about the quality and the fact that we were helping people towards a better thing. That's how I started the nonprofit group to just try to get a group of selfless individuals that are willing to put their own money up and just start food pantries and give out, you know, food that they pay for themselves, not expecting anything in return. Selflessness. It's the reason why I found myself I found myself um, involved in uh, in volunteering in my local ambulance company. You know, I want to help people medically now. I want to help people in different ways. That's why my ultimate goal is, is to become a police officer, help people communi- uh, police my own community, and and give something positive back. And and um, you know, even with music, I've been music, I've been doing music since I was 13 years old. And even then you still get caught up in, you know, you want to be liked, you want to be approved. And even, you know, recently, like a few years ago, the, the few projects I put out, it was 
you know, I was gearing towards like trying to do what was popular in the mainstream until I was like, wait a minute, trust your process. You've had success before in this in this genre. Trust your own process. Believe in yourself that you have something different to offer. And like this podcast, if it's one or two people that you reach, hey, it's one or two people that you reach because that person's going to tell somebody else to reach somebody else. And then you might be doing it for 30,000 people. That's the same reason now I chose music. And I chose music because now it became a different reason why. It became a bigger reason why. Because it wasn't just about, oh my God, this is just a cool music. This is a cool track. No, it became, when I started listening to music, I started analyzing everything, the beat, the, the pitch, the way the vocals matched up with the climax of the beat and all that I felt in love with because I was like, the tingling feeling, the, my hair raising, I was like, I want to give that same feeling. I want to be the person, that vessel to give that same feeling that I feel when I listen to a great song and puts me in a certain trance. I wanted to be that. And I fell in love. And it just so happens that everything that I involved in myself, I've grown to love and like. And it's not work because I enjoy it. Because I know I'm doing it for a greater cause. It's not just, oh, I want to be rich and want to get the money. Because eventually my ultimate goal is to put all these together. And as much revenue as I get from everything else, you know, open up the gyms and everything like that. You know, music thing blows up quick. All that money from that and put it into my nonprofit group, make a nonprofit organization, make that into a billionaire status, become a billionaire status and help the world. Now, obviously, I got future plans I don't want to let out right now, but that is it. That is my main thing. That is why I feel like I belong in this special third layer because I've understood the deepness and I've grown through it and I understand myself. I had that mind-muscle connection, that mind-life connection that I'm able to pursue and understand nobody can tell me anything. I'm special and you need to understand that too. You're special too. And I understand that I'm special too, that I have something good to give, great to give, different to give. Even if we're doing the same thing, I still got something different to offer that's going to help change somebody's life. But it didn't come easy. It did not come easy. This, this is why I say things happen for a reason. It happens for a reason. Because you can easily look at it and be like, oh, your mom never loved you, things like that. That's why you're here. But you got to look at it like this. I didn't have to go to an orphanage. I was, I, was, I was put into a family who loved me, who raised me to the best of their ability. I was put in a community that, that wasn't, you know, so poor off that, you know, I was going to go join a gang or anything like that, you know. Yeah, I had to learn things on myself, but it helped me, you know, discover who I am at an earlier age so I can be more mentally ahead by the time I was here, because obviously I'm in a position to now I can give back to someone who needed that same uh, mentorship that doesn't have it right now. So I had to go through that. And when you look at it like that, you can be grateful and say, yeah, I'm glad I did that because I know God chose me or whatever. You know, the universe chose me to be that strong because it knew I was going to be able to succeed and overcome that. And that is how you have somebody like myself to have this third layer mindset. That with all the experience I told you, and there's more experiences, but these are just the key things. Um, you know, even dealing with the OCD, you know, I found that, you know, you know, it never went away. It just adapted itself into different uh, habits. But you learn to appreciate those things and say, okay, yeah, it could be a disorder, but that disorder makes me more pay more attention to detail. 
you know, when I went to the military too, and basic training, you know, I, I loved the environment because it was an environment that you could be better because I was so used to not being good enough that I was never good enough there. I could run a 13 minute, two mile, I was still never good enough. I could do as many push-ups, I still was never good enough. It was always more work because the enemy or whatever, or the other opposition that we had to face was gonna be stronger and we had to make sure we were stronger. So the work never stopped and I thrived in that environment. Coming out of it into regular society, I'm different still because not everybody has it. You still have the people with superficial layers. You still have the uh, people with the second layer. But that is why it's important to make sure you have your close circle around you that have the same beliefs. You know, and I'm not saying have a lot of yes men. I'm saying the people that have the same amount of beliefs to keep you in check, but also keep you motivated to understand that you're not doing anything wrong and you need to understand and you need to keep going. And but you have to have that internal thing back to the Kai Green thing, the mind muscle connection to say, yes, this is the right path. And I've and I still learn about more mentorships, you know, even then, you know, being having this work ethic and always feeling like you're not good enough, working hard, working hard. Yes, it can be unhealthy. And that's where, you know, I started doing these business. I was like, oh, I need this, I need this to kick off now. You know, just I'm wasting out of time. I'm 19, 20, whatever. I'm be 25. And then I met Gary Vee, you know, found a social media. And then, you know, he drilled into my head. He said, you know, you aren't even 29 yet. You know, this is a person that started a, you know, start, you know, blew, blew up his dad's wine business to a million dollar company, left it and started with nothing to build a multi-million entrepreneurship for himself at the age of 30. You have nothing but time. You have to find a balance between working that it can come any day. It can come tomorrow. But understanding that it won't, but still working like it does. And if you find that balance, you have already won. And that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to not even preach. That's what I'm trying to express to everybody. Because I, I believe everybody can hone in on those mental skills. The same reason why we exercise in the gym, you can exercise your mind, meditate. And it doesn't have to be meditation, humming and sitting down, but meditation as far as questioning why you know, looking yourself in the mirror, realizing, are you really truly happy? Are you doing this for the right reasons? Finding out the real true root of your why and why you want to do it. And are you willing to do the work and et cetera, et cetera. That is what we're trying to get here. And I believe everybody can do that. Will everybody, will this click for everybody? No, something else might click for you. But if it does understand how special you are, because regardless of what you're thinking, oh, this is, you know, my life is horrible. This is, this is bad. You know, you know, I'm never going to be any, anything. No, everybody's gone through something that may be perceived. And I see perceived bad because perception is everything. Whatever you perceive as being bad or what has happened to you, analyze that and say, what did I learn from that? Or did that make me the way I am now? Can I learn from them and use that to my advantage? You can. You can find a positive in anything you want. Some things need to happen. And understand that, you know, things won't things won't come to you tomorrow, but you know, understand they'll come when you when when you need them, not necessarily when you want them. So, guys, I hope um you enjoy this. Uh this is from the bottom of my heart. 
Um, you know, I love you guys. Uh, but yeah, tune in next week. You know, very vulnerable for me, but tune in next week, guys. Uh, again, follow me on my social media. It's at the Guru Noel on Instagram. Um, on Twitter, it's at Noel Fassage. Line Nutrition on Instagram and Twitter. Once Up Closer Movement Nonprofit Group on Instagram. Uh, music coming out. Albums should drop uh, the month of October and whatnot. But guys, listen, you're special. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Guru Mondays. And as always, this is your host, the Guru Noel. Yes. Good night, love.